from the trailer park, one's from the farm. Rings on their fingers, no babies on their arms. <coughs> Taking life with a grain of salt that you would like All right, we don't need to play the whole thing. Now I have a system that uh, plays the song live on air, and the microphones are still working, so uh, I have with me here in studio uh, <laughs> Brian Bates. Hello, Dusty. And you, and you heard Brian cough or say something during, during the song, and that's fine because this is the first time we're using this thing. All right. And I'm excited by it. I like that you can hear stuff going on in studio. Makes it more real. Yes. And uh, it's very exciting. This is, uh, so I'm just getting things up to date. So we're going to, um, you know, there may be some kinks here and there, but all right. there always is, you know, there's always a little kink when you're doing a new thing. Are we going to take calls? Well, we can take calls, but it's not live. So. No. Uh, we would have to text someone and say, call in. Well, here's Dusty's phone number. I'll yeah. Give it out here. And well, this is what I want to do. I mean, I've gotten I've gotten the camera for to do the podcast live and on video, and I've got the equipment that I need. I just got to figure out how to work it all together. And it's coming, though. All right. I'm excited. It's coming, and it's going to be great. I got lots of good things on the horizon. I can't wait to see what's happening with it. I think that I can even play... Uh, a song from my phone directly into it. Let's see. This is what I was just listening to. Yeah, it plays right through now. That's incredible. I don't have to do things in post. I don't have to play it. Well, that was one of my criticisms of the the old Dusty and Hannah podcast. You guys would share music. But it sounded like it was coming from another room. Yeah, but the uh, it, and and it was because I was playing it up to the phone like this. But now it's I mean we can just play right in like that, and and then I have buttons where I can do like this, and it just comes right in. How about that? It's Pretty amazing. Cool. Uh, and so things are, you know, and I got some, uh, you know, potentially I'm going to bring a producer in. To help with this, I uh, have uh, people that I've been talking with about it, and uh, you know, I just wow. gotta, I gotta get things organized because with the camera that I have, you can go live, and then you can touch different, you know, like like I could set it up in a way to where it sees both of us, yeah. But then I could just push on your face, and then it would go smaller and just show you. Uh-huh. So it's little, amazing. Little switcher, yeah. And it's going to be great. I mean, it's already great. It's 2020, and we're back. First podcast of 2020. Welcome, Brian Bates. Thanks for having me, Dusty. Um, we uh, we have so much to talk about. We have I've been so many places since the last podcast uh, that I think that what we should do is, you know what? Let's yeah. not do that. Let's go right into a little bit of sports talk. Okay. Because... Uh, a lot of stuff happening for Nashville. The yep. Titans beat the Patriots. Yes. Very exciting. Derrick Henry, who's a former Alabama player, roll tide, rolled over the Patriots. <laughs> Very exciting. Very exciting. And the pa- and the Predators fired their head coach. Yes. Very sad. Yeah. I don't I don't follow 
uh, hockey as much. But, you know, this is the thing I want to talk about. I did a corporate gig for the Predators earlier this year. Yes. And they kind of adopted the we're having a good time slogan. Yep. They have T-shirts <laughs> that they wear that have a picture of a looks like a beardless cartoon of me. And the character is waving and it says having a good time. It's like an emoji almost, right? Yeah, and it popped up on ESPN, and now they're doing terrible. (laughs) (laughs) They're They're like in in last place, and they fired their coach. You think Peter Laviette, that's the coach, is going to come to your house and rough you up? I feel like they all hate my comedy now. You've jinxed the team. (laughs) But you know what? This is what I say about it. The having we're having a good time is not about everything going great and everything being perfect. It's can you have a good time even when things aren't going well? And the answer is no. Well, for He's me, out of work. For me, the answer is always yes because that's where we're having a good time originated. I used to do a lot of bad gigs. Fortunately, I don't do as many bad gigs anymore. But I used to do a lot of bad gigs, and I'd just be up there on stage, and I'm like, "Hey, we're having a good time." Yeah. Now, do you when you say that, do you really believe it, or are you just trying to project it? It's all about the tone, right? It's all about the tone. Sometimes if the shows are going really well and a joke really hits, I'm like, we're having a good time, and it feels good, everybody gets it. And other times when it's going really bad, because sometimes I'll still have a bad show, even yeah. though it's a good gig. Yeah, It won't be a bad show, but a bad show in my eyes. And I'll just be like, we're having a good time. And I'll say it real quiet. We're having a good time. And <laughs> that sounds like it's more for you trying to tell yourself that. Yeah. Crowd. And, but so Nashville sports, though, I feel like it's exciting. I'm, I mean, you know, I'm a huge Titans fan. And I'm so excited for the Titans. And <clears throat> today, at the time we're recording this, is the 20 year anniversary of the Music City Miracle. Are you familiar with the Mississippi Miracle? I hear it all the time, but I have no idea what it is. Well, would you like to know? Yes, I would. I'd love to know. Okay, so 20 years ago today... Music City Miracle. I'm doing a bumper. <laughs> 20 years ago today, um, the Titans were in a playoff game, wild card game, just like the one they played against the Patriots, first weekend of the playoffs, against the Buffalo Bills. The Titans were at home. I was at this game. Titans were big favorites. They had a great season. It was their first year at their current stadium. First year is the Tennessee Titans. Prior to that, they were the Houston Oilers. That's right. They were Houston Oilers. A couple of years in between, they were the Tennessee Oilers as they were building their stadium. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah, they played one year in Memphis, one year in at Vanderbilt as the Tennessee Oilers. Then the stadium gets built. Those were rough years, huh? They were very rough years. Yeah. Stadium gets built. The Tennessee Titans, and they go. I have a great season. They go in the playoffs. They're playing the Buffalo Bills. The Bills score late. I mean, very late. I think with 16 seconds left to take the lead. Wow. Looks like the game's over. Some people are leaving, filing out. The Bills kick off to the Titans. I'll try to keep this relatively simple. Bottom line is they do a play where one guy takes the ball. He passes it. Like a lateral. A lateral. Okay. Across the field. Now, that's the big question. Was it a lateral or a forward pass? Obviously, a forward pass is not allowed. Right. A lateral is. It goes right down the line, very, very close. 
across the field. The guy catches it, runs 75 yards for a touchdown. Titans win the game. Wow. Then they had to review it. The refs had to review it, do video replay to see, is it a forward pass or is it a lateral? They ruled it's a lateral. Titans win. And one of the greatest football plays in all time and definitely the most exciting play I've seen in person. Wow. You've seen bored. Sucks to be a Bills fan, though, right? I mean, dang. Because, well, that's great. I love it. The Music City Miracle. Who ran the touchdown? Kevin Dyson. Kevin Dyson. I have no idea who that is. I remember there was an Eddie George. <laughs> there wasn't Eddie George who played there. Frank Wycheck threw the pass to him. I love the name Eddie George. Okay. George just doesn't feel like a last name to me. <laughs> well, it's not generally. Kevin Dyson ran it in. Kevin Dyson's now a principal in Williamson County, at, I think, in Grassland Elementary School. <sighs> you know, the funny thing about sports and entertainment <laughs> is – like a, being a principal is a good job. Yeah. That's a good job. But when you used to play in the NFL, it feels sad. Yeah, I guess that's the truth. Like Aaron Weber's dad is a principal, right? Yeah. And I feel like that's a good job. When you hear that, like my dad is a principal, you're like, that's a prestigious job. That's yeah. a good job. Good for you getting that job. Right. But when you're like, uh, you go, oh, this guy who did the Music City Miracle is now a high school principal. You're like, oh, that's sad. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well, he's also the same guy, not that you asked. You know, the Titans went on to the Super Bowl that year. Okay. That propelled them all the way to the Super Bowl. And he got tackled, also one of the most memorable plays in Super Bowl history. He got tackled at the one-yard line to end the game. Um, the same guy, Kevin Dyson. Titans were driving to tie the game, Super Bowl to go in overtime, and the last play passed to him. He gets tackled at the one, game over, Titans lose. Jeez, that's why you're a principal now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Get it on in there. All the ball has to do is just break the plane. Yep. Just get it in there. Stretch it. He stretched. He just couldn't quite make it. Dang. That's what separates you from doing commentary on ESPN or being a principal. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe caring about people. Maybe deep down Dyson cared about people, and he's like, you know what? I don't want to set up in a a booth and talk about football for the rest of my life. I want to go out and help some kids. Maybe. He's a smart guy. He got his PhD. Yeah, he wants to help some kids. I'm just saying, perception-wise, it always seems like when a player gets injured in college, right, and they don't go on to make millions. Yeah. We go, man, that's so sad. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, you mean they just have to go get a regular job like the rest of us? <laughs> it's like, oh, so sad. Mm. You, oh, you mean you'll you'll have to, you know, you'll have to do a nine to five like the rest of the country? Do you I, know? I do think it's sad though. It is sad, but it's also like, well, welcome to reality. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what I always say. I mean, for most of my life, I worked nine to five jobs. For a few years here, I've been blessed to not do that. But if comedy ends, I'll just go back to work somewhere. But the equivalent for us would almost be like if we got paralyzed or something and we couldn't do our job. That would almost be the equivalent. Um, well, I just think that you have this opportunity to do superstar things. And then if that doesn't happen, you just do regular things. Yeah. And, you know, it's sad. Yeah, but, you know. That's what life is, right? It's very sad. <laughs> Just so, 
All right, so so yeah, you just got to have a good time. So then I want to do one more sports thing, and then I'm out of it. All right. Uh, At one point during my podcast, I did a big Jalen Hurts breakdown. Oh, I remember Jalen Hurts from beginning to where he's at right now. Jalen Hurts finished his college football career at the Oklahoma Sooners. Sooners, and he made the playoffs. He was in the playoffs. All four years of his college career, which is amazing. Right. He won at least one national championship. Mm-hmm. Not two. He won one, right? Yeah, because they lost the first two, and then they won. the. They lost the first and the third. They won the middle one. I think that's right. <clears throat> and then, but he made it to the playoffs. Of course, he got demolished. Um, the... Um, the Oklahoma Sooners were crushed. Oh yeah, thank you for saving that. The um, <laughs> the Sooners were crushed by LSU. Yeah, uh, embarrassingly. Yes. Um, but Jalen Hurts, uh, I was I wanted him to win the national championship. Honestly, I was like, how great would that be to finish it? But you know, dreams are not reality sometimes, and the reality is Oklahoma. Cannot match the SEC as much as I love the state of Oklahoma. I love yeah. them. Tulsa's fun. Oklahoma City have a great time. But football-wise, LSU is the greatest team I've ever seen except for every Alabama team. <laughs> well, I – like most people, I wasn't surprised that LSU won. I was very surprised how easily they won. Uh, you know, I thought Oklahoma could play with them, give them a game, but it wasn't the case. LSU is just – I don't know how this team has gotten so good so fast. I mean, I know Joe Burrows, but, man, they are good. Joe Burrows a beast, and that coach, I can't understand a word he says, but yeah, he's really something. Let's see if we can, since I have this technology now, let's see if we can find a clip of the coach talking, and uh, this is what I want to do. I want to do a, a, a contest right now. I want to go, can you understand what he's saying? What's his name? Ed O'Duron. I typed in Ed, and Ed Sheeran comes up first on YouTube. That's a shame. I was going to say, you know what you've been Googling. Okay, here we go. This is Ed O'Duron six days ago. Okay. Look, I'm no football coach. I don't grade tape the way you do. Please tell me there were no minuses in the evaluation of Joe Burrow's game against Oklahoma. Were there any? You know, I wouldn't give him a mic, but you asked him after the game. It wasn't his best game. He missed two touchdown passes to Jefferson, so he was disappointed. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the contrast of the one guy. Did. Yeah, it made it better. It made it much better. <laughs> All right, so that's happening Monday. I'll be in L.A., and uh, I'll have to watch it at 5 p.m., which will be weird for me, but I'll be watching um, – um, Clemson play LSU. Well, before we move on from sports, I want to hear a Titans prediction and a Clemson LSU prediction from you. Well, um, it's tough to say. Like I, leading up to this, I'm not an LSU fan. Leading up to this, I wanted Clemson to win. I wanted Clemson to beat them. But you know what? I've listened to Joe Burrow's talk, and mm-hmm. I know the Joe, Joe Burrow's story. And mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence and the Clemson Tigers—they've won a couple of mm-hmm. national championships lately. And uh, I want LSU to win. I'm predicting LSU to win. Uh, same for me. 
Titans play the Baltimore Ravens, and I, my predicament here is I always pull for the Alabama players that play in the NFL, but both it's uh, yeah. um, Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram. And this is, uh, I want to, I want Titans to win. I want Titans to win, but yeah. Mark Ingram has been like, he was so good in college, and then he's just been tucked away at the Saints and wherever, and he's been almost forgotten about. Yeah. And, man, I would love to see him do something. Uh, but uh, I'm predicting Titans win. I, my predictions are based on who I want to win. Okay. I want the Titans to win. I predict Titans to win. Well, I certainly want the Titans to win. I don't know that I'm going to predict them to win because the Ravens are very good. There's a chance Mark Ingram won't play. He did not practice yesterday because he's got a little – Hamstring injury. He'll probably play. Oh, good. If he doesn't play, then I definitely want the Ravens to lose. I've never been a fan of the Ravens. I like Lamar Jackson. I also like listening to Lamar Jackson talk. (laughs) (laughs) That's really fun to me. I can't. I mean, I can understand Ed Orgeron and Lamar Jackson. Yeah. But I just love it. Everybody's so polished now when they talk that I just love listening. Like (laughs) Lamar Jackson, I'm like, what's that? (laughs) And Ed Orgeron, he just... Ed Argeron drifts down into this Cajun thing oh, of, yeah. like, all the words are blend together. Yeah. And Lamar Jackson just always seems like he's like, I just don't know the words to say right now. Believe that. I hear him say that a lot. <laughs> Believe that. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about Ed Argeron I love is he's around, like, all these broadcasters and all these people that have very good diction, and we're all products of our environment. So that means for him to still have that strong of an accent – He's around some other people that are so much thicker than his are. Yeah, Ed Orgeron always seems like he just yelled at a bunch of people. Yeah. It's always like halftime. It's like, uh, let's see if we can get one more. Let's see if we can get one more Ed Orgeron. This is a press conference here. Everybody good? Coach? Well, it's good to get the guys back today. Today was Teletruth Monday. Me and the of the film. Uh, we watched the tape. A lot of great things on the tape, obviously. 24-hour rule, press on. Uh, we're going to have a Monday practice today, which we already have, obviously. A <laughs> I love that guy so much. I want that guy to be on the podcast. <laughs> with subtitles. Yeah, with subtitles. All right, so that's our sports recap. Uh, what a great time. All right, I don't know why I pushed the button, but I wanted to. That's fine. All right, so there, here we go. My favorite segment, your favorite segment, everybody's favorite segment. Where we've been, where we're going. Where they going. Where they been. Where they going. Where, where they been. Where we're going, where we've been. All right, where we've been, where we're going. Where have we been? Where are we going? That's what I want to talk about. I want to go. I want to start off with where I'm going because I have just put out yesterday my new tour, launched the Slay All Day tour, and congratulations, thank you. And on that tour, I have listed that I'll be starting in Dayton, Ohio. But I just did Dayton, Ohio last week. I'll talk about it. But in LA, apparently, a lot of people are they take off during during Christmas and they come back on the sixth. So my team. You know, my team that's very, I mean, they came back with a bang on Monday. I was not ready for it. Yeah. And um, people were calling me and emailing me, and I was like, wow, I am not ready. <laughs> and, uh, but um, 
so we we launched it on Tuesday or Monday. I don't remember. We launched it, uh, and it's out there. And where I'm going first is Rooster Tea Feather, Rooster Tea Feathers in Sunnyvale, California. Very excited. That's tucked away somewhere in between San Jose and San Francisco. And I'm excited to go there. I've never been. I'm excited to be doing California shows. So I'll be there on Thursday, from Thursday through Sunday. And I didn't see your promo, but Ruth, my fiance, was I was just in the car with her, and she said, "Yeah, Dusty put out this promo, and it's called Slay All Day Tour." She said, "That's a really great name." And then she said on the video, "You said it actually started last weekend, but." Uh, we had a good time. Yes. She thought that was very funny. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, because on the video, I'm, I'm, we recorded the video a while back, and actually we also had one date change in there, but it's like the video's been filmed, so there's yeah. nothing I could do about it. Yeah. But I said we start in Dayton, Ohio, but I put it out after I finished Dayton, so yeah. we did have a good time in Dayton. I actually, I really liked it, but, uh, and then, so I'm going to go that do that through Sunday, and then on Monday, I'm going to go to L.A., and I'm going to film a thing for Netflix on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So like an eight-minute thing, uh, which that's pretty exciting. So I'll watch the national championship, then go record a thing, and then fly home. And then the next week, I'll be at the Comedy Catch in Chattanooga all week. I'm doing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Wow. I'm camping out in Chattanooga. Yes, you are. And... I like Chattanooga, but honestly, I don't know that I want to be there that long. I'm like, let's do three shows on Saturday, cut the Wednesday out, you know? But, hey, I like the club. I like the town. Uh, we're going to have a good time. And you have a Chattanooga story? Well, I was just in Chattanooga um, over Christmas, and I did Thursday, Friday. I was supposed to do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I did Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I had to come back to Nashville Saturday night um, for some things to take care of on Sunday. And um, there's just a lot going on. <clears throat> and then I was going to have to drive back to Chattanooga, do a show Sunday night, and then drive back home. Wow. And I texted my friend Karen Mills, who, very funny comedian, lives in Chattanooga. Yeah, I worked with Karen. Yeah, and I said, um, <clears throat> would you possibly be available to do my spot tonight for me? And she said, I'd love to. And I contacted the owner, Michael Alfano, and asked him if that'd be okay. And because um, he'd already paid me the night before, thankfully. And uh, so, anyway, she saved me from a <clears throat> quick trip back down to Chattanooga and back. It was pouring down rain, so that's that's all. It's not a great story. Just a, okay, okay. You look, you look so disappointed. <laughs> I thought something was about to happen. I no, thought that's it. And that's then it. Karen showed up, and she dropped you know. And, okay, so <laughs> shout out it. to Karen Mills. <laughs> Uh, that's very exciting. Yeah, Karen Mills. You know what? I just uh, met Leanne Morgan. Yeah. Uh, I'd never met her before. I went to see her at Zany's, and she is does a lot of stuff with Karen Mills. Yep. And Leanne, I never met her. Very nice, very funny. The show was great. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed her. And uh, shout out to Leanne Morgan and Karen Mills. <laughs> uh, these stories keep getting better. I've been trying to stay, uh, stay in town recently because I'm, I'm getting married in 10 days all right congratulations thank you thank you so i've been trying to stay uh stay kind of close around as far as gigs no one's asked me to go out of town anyway but um that's a joke i mean oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> i mean i act like i'm turning down all these great offers no one's ever asked me anyway but anyway i've been trying to do gigs close by i did go to zany's saturday night 
to see uh, Kevin Nealon. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, Kevin Nealon is so funny. And I worked with Kevin Nealon last year. Such a nice guy. He is. I've opened for him a couple of times, um, and he's super great. I'm friends with his wife. His wife's from Nashville, so I always like to go see her. Uh, Brad Paisley came down, did an opening set. Um, Nate Bargatze did an opening set. It was a great show. Wow, what a star-studded event. We had a, we had a good time. I love that. I saw that. I saw Nate bringing up Brad Paisley or, or the other way around. I don't remember what it was, but yeah. it's great. I want to just do a rundown. Uh, this is where, for my tour, you can find it at my website, DustySlay.com, or any of my socials at DustySlay. I'm going to, in order, Sunnyvale, California, Chattanooga, Tennessee, Syracuse, New York, Seattle, Washington, Las Vegas, Nevada, which I'll do with my friend Evan Burke. My friend Evan Burke from Charleston, he's going to drive out from L.A. and do it. I'm going to do Pasadena, California, Aspen, Colorado, Royal Oak, Michigan, Sarasota, Florida. Next, I have Washington, D.C. on there, but that date got moved, so I'll be doing the Opry that weekend. Cleveland, Ohio, Providence, Rhode Island, Austin, Texas, Lowell, Arkansas, Weirsdale, Florida, Naples, Florida, Appleton, Wisconsin, and then I think the next weekend will be D.C., so very exciting. So, well, I don't have a tour, but um, I'm at Zany's. T- what are you doing over there, Dusty? Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm at Zany's tonight, um, opening for Josh Need. Very funny. Oh, I love Josh. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I've worked with Josh a couple of different times. I featured for him. Very yeah. nice guy. Yeah, um, at Zany's tomorrow night on the best of Nashville lineup. Um. Yeah, that's great. What a great show that is. I'll get this podcast out right away. And if you if you are listening tonight, I mean, Josh Sneed, very funny. Brian Bates, very funny. That's a great show to go to. And um, and then I get married next weekend, and then I get back from a quick honeymoon and immediately go on the road with Nate Bargatze, and we're in four cities in four nights. Joliet, Illinois, Green Bay, Wisconsin, Rockford, Illinois, Lafayette, Indiana. Where are you going on a honeymoon at? Uh, quick trip to New York City. All right. Yeah. What are you guys going to do? We're going to do some comedy clubs. Gonna yeah. Go see a Broadway show. Maybe go to. Uh, we tried to get Fallon tickets and just haven't had any luck. So if you can huh. hook us up. Yeah, I'll check it out. I'll call my people. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> appreciate it. But the uh, um, I I never did a honeymoon. We didn't go on a honeymoon. I told my wife. I say, you know, our life is a honeymoon. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure, she agrees with that. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So I was like, yeah, you can go with me to Dayton, Ohio this weekend, and that'll be our honeymoon. And uh, You've reverted from Hannah hosting the podcast to now just referring to her as my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I told my wife, this is your honeymoon. That's the best thing about being married. Not the best thing, but there's many things. But uh, one of the best things about being married is being able to just say my wife. <laughs> um, you know, it's it, – uh, you know – John Mulaney did a bit about it. I feel like whenever a comic does a bit about something, now I can't I can't have that in my own life. But mm-hmm. it is different than my girlfriend. Uh, you know, like saying my wife has some power to it. It gets you out of stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. I went to a cigar shop one night, and I, there was some people hanging out. And I did like them, but they were like, you going to hang out for a bit? And I was like, oh, no, I got to get home to my wife. And honestly, she probably didn't care. Yeah. But I got to say that, and uh, you texted me this morning and said you want to do this podcast, and I thought, man, in ten days I could say nope. <laughs> exactly, get home to my wife. Yeah, you're like my wife won't. So, are you guys? She owns a house, right? Are you guys moving into uh, her house or? 
eventually. She's doing some renovations on her house right now. So you own several homes, I understand. <laughs> yeah. So she's going to live with me um, initially. Okay. And then once she gets some renovations done to her house, we're going to move into her house. All right. Our house. And then you'll have several rental properties. Sure. Uh, yeah. Wow. What an entrepreneur. I am. Is that the word? Not really. Okay. <laughs> Real estate mogul. Yeah, land mogul, sure. All right, so I want to talk about some shows that I've done, some places I've been. I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna go back a few weeks because it's been a little bit since I did a podcast, and I want to talk about some of these great places that I went. First one you've been to, you liked Wise Guys, Salt Lake City, Utah. I love it. I want to talk about several things. First, I want to talk about the city of Salt Lake City. Yeah, I loved it. I walked around. I'm not a Mormon. I'm not into um, that religion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got to say, I love the people. Yeah. I mean, I was walking around the city. Everybody's dressed so nice, yeah. so classy. Um, you know, the women are walking around in in dresses and not, not uh, you know, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like a party town. They just <laughs> seem, everybody seemed to be very nice. They had a real class about them. I just liked it so much, walking around the city. I... Uh I love Salt Lake as well. Everyone's very nice. It's beautiful with the mountains around it. And, yes. And uh, the club's great. Temple Square. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. And then the club, the first night on the first show on Friday, I did a show. And that, I did a bunch of newer jokes. Mm-hmm. And it went so well. I was like, now the rest of the weekend put me back in reality <laughs> a little bit. But that first show Friday was so good. I thought, wow, all my new jokes are amazing. Yeah. And it, I, I don't know. I just loved it so much. The people, now, this is going to be the thing that you say I do all the time, but I worked with some comics. They were very funny, <laughs> very good. I didn't research that. And, and listen, I work with a different comic every weekend. And sometimes it's just hard to remember everyone's name that's but, not what i give you a hard time about i give you a hard time because you'll act like they're your best friend and then you well, won't remember we didn't hang out at all outside of the shows and um but man i, I thought they were funny i enjoyed them keith that runs the club keith grew, grew up in charleston uh so we talked about how much we both love charleston south carolina and it was a great time i loved it I, if you live around the area i recommend going i had a, a girl that i went to high school with named amy henderson mm-hmm. uh that's not her name now i don't think maybe it is her <laughs> name now her name's amy still all right but, that's uh, good amy but her her married name may be henderson or, or maybe that was her name back then i don't remember yeah but she came uh, i haven't seen her since i graduated high school or since she was a year older than me so since she graduated that's and great her and her husband came very nice uh, uh some people uh, came up from... Is she Mormon? I don't think so. Okay. I hope that her last name's Henderson. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> Do you know your wife's name? <laughs> and um, people came up from Utah Valley University. I did a college gig there earlier yep, in the year. I they, remember that. They came up to see me. Uh, it was great. Uh, I just loved it. And then the next weekend, I'm in one of my favorite clubs, uh, side splitters in Tampa, Florida. Yep. That's one of my favorite clubs. I've been going there for years. I started out as a feature. I organically worked my way up from feature to headliner. This is my second time headlining. I've worked with Ben Glebe, uh, John Reap, um, and, and I, I loved it. And 
the the club has recently changed hands from Bobby Jewell, who is the uh, owner that everybody knows. Everybody has a story about Bobby Jewell, right. uh, good or bad. Everyone right. has a story. I've been to Bobby Jewell's house oh, to wow. uh, to cook out when I opened for John Reap. Me and John Reap went there, and Bobby Jewell recently sold it to Brian uh, BT. Uh, who's been the manager forever. Hmm. So BT is changing the comedy condo. Now the comedy condo, I've been going there three years. I've stayed at this condo five times. Okay. Uh, I changed the shower head this time. The shower head was so bad. Ugh. It's always been bad, but this, even though it was the last, this was the last weekend that anybody's ever going to use it. But I was like, I'm not staying here for four days and getting a mediocre shower. Yeah. I, I Ubered to the Lowe's. I bought a shower head for 10 bucks, changed it, it was amazing. I was like, I don't know why I didn't do this three years ago. Right. But uh, the condo, so I did a video of the condo, which I will release. I did a condo of Salt Lake. I did a video of Salt Lake City, and I did a, uh, a video of the condo in Tampa, which I will put together. My editing has really slowed down, but I'm about to ramp it up. Uh, and I, Because this is why. BT said that the condo has at least been there for 13 years. That's how long he's been at the club. He okay. said it may have been 20 years. So I I can't imagine the number of comics that's come through there, the number of comics that stayed there. And I want to give a tribute to the condo because every condo is the same just about. Once in a while, you'll find a nice one. Mm-hmm. But they're all like bad to okay. Mm-hmm. And that's where I would rank the Tampa condo. It's okay. Like, it's not terrible, it's not disgusting, but it's not super clean, mm-hmm. and it's not wonderful, mm-hmm. right? They had a patio out there. Every time it rained, it leaked into the patio. There was, like, soil that had kind of mm. gathered in the patio where there's now vegetation growing out of because, you know, mm-hmm. who cares, right? It's like, I don't live here, and the comics just stay the weekend. Mm-hmm. It's always furniture that nobody else wants and a TV that nobody else wants mm-hmm. and dishes that have been like somebody ran a fork across all of them. They're all scraped up. Mm. There's condoms in the cabinets. Oh there's, my gosh. there's, I mean, not used ones, but there's, uh, okay. a, you know, there's, there's headache medicine everywhere. There's, you know, a lot of times you'll find, sure, you need that. A lot of times you'll find, you know, weed pipes that are left there. Actually, I, you know, weed pipes that are left there so that, other comics can use when they're passing through there's um and there's you know the bed is usually not all that comfortable and there was a stain on the comforter in one of those a pretty substantial stain i didn't use that condom yeah and the carpet is like it was like a weird green hannah stayed there with me one time and that's all she remembered was the green carpet and i can't wait to show the video off but the club they say they're moving to a nice condo now, but the club is fantastic. I love it. Great shows. The staff is great. Connor Larson here, uh, who's done the podcast a couple of times, comic yeah. out of Nashville, yeah. featured for me all weekend. Mm-hmm. Bobby Katie was the host. We hung out all weekend. Great. Really great. Love the club. Love the people. And then last week, I did the Dayton Funny Bone. Now, my friend Matt Price and Hannah went with me to Dayton, and Matt filmed uh, we filmed a bunch of stuff. We went to the um, Air Force Museum mm-hmm. there in Dayton. We went around to uh, Yellow Springs where they say Dave Chappelle lives. And we went to the Oregon District where – the Oregon District is where they had a shooting not too long ago, that mass shooting that made the news. 
And so we all went through there. We we had a great time of dating. The club was great. I had fun shows. Mm. Um, uh, let's see. Um, Mike Head was the feature. I just did this weekend. Mike Head was the feature. And then um, uh, Dan, Dan Seabreeze, I think, was the – Seabree was the uh, host. Okay. Zach Wyckoff from Cincinnati came up, did a guest spot. All right. It's great. Wonderful weekend. Uh, loved it. And, uh, and now I'm here. And I, oh, one more thing. I did a show at Zany's. Yeah. My last show of 2019 at Zany's sold out. Oh, I was there. Hot show, really fun. And I can't say enough good things. So that's, that's my whole recap. I got one question um, <clears throat> about, well, first of all, that's a, that's a great recap. Those new jokes that you tried at uh, Wise Guys. The new yes. jokes you tried at Wise Guys. Did uh, are they working? They are working. Okay. They they weren't. It, it you know what I worked on them. This is a thing that I want to talk about. Uh, kind of an advice to comics or just to talk about comedy is multiple shows in a weekend because it's it it uh, Wise Guys. I did four shows. I did two Friday, two Saturday. That's pretty standard. But then in Tampa, I did one Thursday, two Friday, three Saturday, mm. and one Sunday. Three. So seven shows. And it's like, I hate three shows in one day. And I hate Sunday shows. But I I hate them like a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like, I'm also the repetition over and over again. So I did those jokes, four, the new jokes, four times at Wise Guys, mm-hmm. seven times at Side Splitters, mm-hmm. and then five times in Dayton. Very sick of them. And well, yeah, but you you get to for me, it's like, all right, it's funny here, it's not funny here, it's funny here, not so it's like where the places it's not funny, I'm like, well, let me try to figure out where it is funny. And for me, this is what helps writing a joke on stage is having places in the joke that make people laugh. And then just improving the the things that don't make people laugh and trying to find out how I can make those funny. And sometimes just writing it down, I write stuff down and I go, this is funny. Mm-hmm. And then I tell it and it's not funny and mm-hmm. then it discourages me. Yeah. Where if I'm on stage just riffing, almost like, because I think comedy for me uh, my whole life has been a defense mechanism mm-hmm. where it's like, let me be funny in this situation to – uh, you know, for whatever reason. Yeah, to relieve tension. Yes. So now I'm on stage and I'm having to work that muscle that I've worked out so much in my life, my defense mechanism of comedy, on stage. Well, the reason I ask you about the new jokes is because I feel like that can be a detriment if you have a unusually good crowd and you try out new jokes and you get that great laugh out of the get-go. I've stuck with jokes way too long that aren't that good. Because my first impressions are, well, these jokes are funny. Right. And uh, after a while, I'm just like, I just hang on to them too long. Well, 100%. I think that's right. But that's why you got to keep telling them in all situations. Yeah. You know, and Dayton, I think, was the hardest. I mean, those those crowds are not just giving it away in Dayton. And uh, so I, I really had to work for it. But I feel like if it worked in Dayton, it's going to work anywhere. I just find for me, first impressions are... If if the joke doesn't work the first time, 
and I keep trying it, I'll be much more likely to maybe move on quicker. But if it gets that laugh that first time, I'm like, this is a keeper. Oh, yeah. Well, I've definitely held on to a joke for too long because I got one laugh off of it. Yeah. But I I think that that's what's great about working all rooms, right? Like, Because I think wise guys, the audience in wise guys and the audience in Dayton couldn't be more different from each other. Hmm. But I feel like, you know, if if you go into Dayton and a certain joke is getting a laugh and then you go to Wise Guys and it's not getting a laugh, mm-hmm. the opposite could be true. Could mm-hmm. get a joke, a laugh in Wise Guys, not in Dayton. Mm-hmm. So if you can get a laugh off of that joke in both of those rooms, mm-hmm. then then you're doing something. Then the joke makes sense. I actually do have a timer on here now, by the way. Okay. That's a side note to Brian about keeping time for our show. Okay. Um, but... You know, it's like, that's why I think it's good because I think comics get into that in the open mic scene. They get they get into their open mic. They have their friends there. They have the people that always come to see it. And then they, the audience gets their sense of humor. Yeah. And so they get laughs almost, off almost anything or off cultural references. And then they go to the club and they don't get those laughs. Right. The same way that somebody that's only headlining comedy zones no offense to the comedy zones but somebody that's only headlining comedy zones then goes to an and they crush they crush everywhere they go then they go to a hipster room or an open mic and they don't get any laughs uh the the thing in your head goes well i don't want to do these Mm -hmm. i don't want to do this hipster room Mm -hmm. or if you're only doing the hipster rooms you bomb in the club you're like i don't want to do clubs Mm -hmm. the goal for me is to be hilarious in all rooms right now, there's some, you know, I mean, like, I mean, I'd love to be a hilarious comedian on the urban circuit. Yeah. But I don't know that that will ever be me. But I do fine. I don't write it off. Yeah. You know? I could definitely, I haven't seen you do an urban show, but I could see you be funny because a lot of those jokes, they are universal. Right. I'm thinking about your jokes. and Yeah. Those could be very funny. I just think that a lot of the urban rooms are not so into observational comedy. Mm. Like, I don't know a lot of black people that are like, I love Jerry Seinfeld. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, all your trailer park stuff, I think, would be. Right. Like, Jim Gaffigan doesn't have a huge urban following. (laughs) Oh, probably doesn't. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, I got a little something for everybody, I think. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I could say I could see you definitely doing fine in urban room. Yeah, I mean I I do fine, but I I I don't I'm, I don't crush there. Yeah, and I think it's a lot of I don't I'm not very physical. I'm not very energetic. I'm not I'm not I'm only an entertainer with my mouth and with my wave. Right. But you have um, not that's not what you're talking about. But you've got a good brand. You've got a catchphrase. You've got a catch wave. Yeah, I mean you brand yourself well. Yeah, well, you know, I'm working it. I'm working it out here. And I used to have another, but most people don't know this, but the old Dusty, for us diehard fans, used to be, um, who's pumped? Who's pumped? Yeah, that was your thing. Who's pumped? Yes. Who's pumped is like old, we're having a good time. Yeah. That because, was your catchphrase before we're having a good time. <laughs> because that came from, I mean, I was really doing some bad gigs back then. Yeah. And I would show, because what I, what I love to do, and I still want to do this. My, this is my dream. My dream is to have enough of a draw to where I can do the clubs on the weekends, 
and then work my way to the next town by doing small bars, coffee shops, one, two, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in, in really small towns, in small towns where there are no theaters, you know, Mm -hmm. but have enough of a draw to bring people in. And then I can actually, you know, but sell those places out because I've always done that. I love to put together a tour like that, but what happened in, you know, 2014 and 15, I was putting those together, but no one was coming. Yeah. I'd get the bar to agree to it, and then 10 people would show up, and I come out, and no one looks happy. So I'm like, who's pumped? And that would get a little laugh. Yeah, I remember that tour. You had, like, one time Jordan Jensen yeah. went with you some dates, and maybe Steven Spinola. And we did some really good ones like that. Yeah. I mean, me and Evan, Evan Burke, who's coming with me to Las Vegas, <laughs> uh, he used to... Um, he, me and him used to put together these show tours all the time and it would be, you know, we would change it out the other people, but it would always be me and Evan. And yeah, we would do all kinds of runs. We used to, we started doing these shows at the, uh, the repertory theater in seaside, Florida. We had that. And then we built the tour around that. Yeah. And, oh man, we did that for many years and we had a lot of fun. We, we would stay cause it, it was a year round theater, and, and then all the theater people had a condo that they lived in. Yeah. So we would go down around July 4th and just stay with them in the condo. One time we went for a week. It rained the entire time we were there, like torrential downpour. And we stayed in the, in the condo with them and played cards, played board games, and we had the best time. We were like best friends, and now we don't talk to each other at all. But we were all like best friends. Oh. It was amazing. What's well, kind of sad there at the end? It is sad because we just lost touch. Like they're not really friends with each other, and yeah. we don't really hang out anymore. And what's the goal for twenty twenty? Yeah, but that's what I want to do. See, see, we seaside. The problem was we weren't selling tickets. We yeah. kept going, yeah. but we weren't really selling any tickets. And I'm like, I want. I want to go to towns that no comic is going to. Like everybody puts together the theater tour where they sell out right. big theaters and go. I want to go to towns that nobody wants to go to and I actually but want to be able to sell tickets. Now maybe that's why people don't go to those towns is right. because people don't come to the shows. Right. But I think uh that it would be just amazing to, you know, you like let's say um I don't know I'm I'm, I'm for instance, let's say I'm doing a show in Nashville and then I'm doing a show in um, Asheville. Yeah. There's no club in Knoxville, Johnson City, uh, any of that stuff. There's no clubs there. Right. But if but there's enough people to sell tickets. Mm-hmm. So if I could go through and do little shows there, but I, I guess there's probably theaters in those places too. I don't know. Well, Knoxville certainly has theaters, two or three big ones. It's weird that they no longer have a comedy club. They used to have side splitters. Yeah. Johnson City has a comedy zone room. I did side splitters. I did an open mic there on the very last night they were open. <laughs> I didn't know that. I had booked it because I, I used to book. This is advice that I like to give to comics too. I used to book kind of open mic runs where I would do open mics at clubs and try to email and say, hey, I'm yeah. coming to do an open mic. Will you try to watch me? Yeah. And then, so I did that with side splitters because I was trying to get in with them and 
the girl comes out reading the lineup and she tells us that she just found out that the club's closing. <laughs> so she's crying while she's while she's reading the lineup to us. That's hilarious. Yeah, and and nobody care. I mean, it was like D- Derek Zuoski or what? However yeah. you say his last name. Yeah, he was the host, and that's I met him. And then that British guy that used to be on the Nashville comedy scene was there. Was Bridget the one that read the uh, list? Oh, maybe so. Yeah, Bridget used to be the manager there. Side splitters. Oh, that's hilarious. Maybe that was her. Yeah. Bridget Martin? Yeah. Yeah. I think she's in Chattanooga now doing comedy. Yeah, maybe that was her. That's hilarious. That's a very funny story. Like, yeah. You grow up there like, oh, I'm going to get in good here. And then she comes out crying before a comedy show. Tonight's the last night. <laughs> I'll never see any of you again. Uh, yeah, it was really sad. And then there was a guy out there, like in the bar. He was talking about how comedy's dead and the, the club scene is dying. And was it's he a, a comic? He worked at the club. Oh. And I was like, dude, just because your club's closing doesn't yeah. mean that comedy's going down the drain. I mean, clubs are popping up all the time. I mean, since then, Huntsville has popped up a club. Right. I mean, and it's popping. That club's great. Yeah. I'll be there later this year. In in May, I'll be there. It keeps getting moved back, but I, I will be there. Do you move it back? No. I did move one date back, and then it got moved a second time. Just the same thing with Chattanooga. I'm finally going next week, but I moved it one time, and then he moved it one. I feel like a club, if you move a date on a club, they'll move it on you just to be <laughs> like, I can do that too. Yeah, show you who's in charge. Yeah, but I don't, I don't move them because I don't want to go. I move them because I'm trying to – you know, become famous enough to where people come see me do comedy and I want to um, do th- do things that get me down. <clears throat> well, I did Chattanooga with you last time you were there, I'm pretty sure, at the Comedy Catch. And that was July um, of 2018. Wow, I didn't go there at all in 2019? I don't think so. I may be wrong about that, but um, wow. I went with you about a week after you did Fallon. And um, are you checking your schedule? Yeah, I was just going to say. I'm listening to you, though. Well, anyway, I went there with you a week after you did Fallon. You were obviously doing great. I think you just got management, and we talked about all that. you just done, obviously, JFL, and things were going great for you. But uh, you sold some tickets, I remember. Your family came and whatnot. But I'll be curious this time. Um, a year and a half or so later, how many? Well, I didn't go at all in 2019. Okay, I was right there. Well, I was selling some tickets, and it was really good, but you sent me a clip, which I think is hilarious, because a lot of clubs, for people that don't know, clubs will play a highlight reel of who's coming up, right. and they'll play some of the set. They'll play a joke or two. Apparently, at Chattanooga, they played my entire set from Fallon, which is uh, <laughs> which did. is interesting. But you show you show me <laughs> the first joke <laughs> and it's just a video of me on the screen yeah. and then a table with its back to the video yeah. not laughing no at all. They showed it every night. <laughs> and no one ever cared. That's hilarious to me because I mean it's like yeah, all those jokes well, those people if they're not laughing and they don't care, they probably won't be at the show. So good. I want people at my shows that want to be at comedy shows. I'm not just dying to have people in the seats, but at the same time, I am. I remember a comic came up to you when we were down there. You'd just done Fallon, like I said, and you did great. You killed it. And he's like, 
yeah, uh, that Jim, the Kimball set you did, you know, just didn't look like it went too well. I can say that now because your Fallon went so well. And I remember thinking, well, no, why do you need to say that? Right. Everybody wants to tell me how much they didn't like Kimmel after they see me do Fallon. Right? Well, what's the point? I don't know. He was like, I can say that now. It's like, I mean, the reality is, at least for me, I don't think everybody has a realistic uh, view of their own comedy. Yeah. But when my set doesn't go well, I'm the first one that knows. Yeah. And I don't think that Kimmel set went as well as it could have gone. And I've talked about it, I think, before, but I will say um, the problem with that set was the setup. Yeah. Now, it also was my approach to a late night. I had been given advice, and this is for anybody that's about to, that's preparing for a late night or a short set. I'll give this advice because I was told that the audience would be hot. It would be a hot crowd. They would be fired up, ready to go. Mm-hmm. So in practicing the five minutes, I'm doing 30. At the time, I was only featuring. So I was doing 30 minutes a night at, at best. That was my longest. So it's hard to practice a five-minute bit. So I was told to do about 10 minutes of comedy on stage, take a break, and then do my five minutes mm-hmm. And then go on about the rest of my set. Mm -hmm. Because that way, the audience would be hot, Mm -hmm. and I could practice my set while it was hot. Mm -hmm. But when I did, and I don't know that that's bad advice for like a Tonight Show set. Right. Because that audience is hot. Yeah. But in Jimmy Kimmel's room, what he said, he was trying to do it a different way because he had a comic that was his friend, bomb on the show, and then he had to use the clip because of the way it was filmed. So he never wanted to do that to comics again. So he had this setup. So the celebrities all come, and they're in the big room. Everybody's having a good time. They're laughing. And after that, they get the whole room up. They move them into a different room. Mm -hmm. Half of them get to sit down. The other half have to stand up. Mm -hmm. There's no warm-up comic. Jimmy Kimmel goes, all right, we got stand-up comedy from Dusty Slay. And then I come out to basically a completely cold audience. Yeah. So So I had never opened with this set. So I had only performed this set when the audience was already hot, and now they're cold. Mm -hmm. So I come out, and my first joke doesn't get them. Mm -hmm. And so as the set goes, and then now I'm like, I'd never done a late night. So now inside, I'm clenching up because I'm like, oh, man, this is not going well. This is my late night, my late night debut, and it's not going the way I want it to go. I'm like, these jokes crush on the road, and they're not crushing right now. Right. So I just had to continue on with it. By the end of the set, I'm getting great laughs. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, but it's like for someone to say, oh, now that I can tell you what I think about your Kimmel set now that uh, you've done a good one on Fallon, I'm like, yeah, I know how it went. Yeah. You know, but um, I still love those jokes. Oh, yeah, I remember them. I still do a lot. Of, well, I actually still do most of them. Yeah. Uh but, um, but yeah, so that my point is the advice, because what I did for the Fallon set, when I was preparing for the Fallon, I had no manager. I had, I had, I had left my manager that I was with, and then I was managerless mm-hmm. for the JFL just for laughs mm-hmm. and for, um, for the Tonight Show. Mm-hmm. So I just had to prepare it, uh, the best way that I thought would. So I, what I did was, by that time, I was headlining a little bit, and I was also featuring still. I featured for John Lovitz at Stand Up Live, 
and I was it was a two man show when I was offered. I got offered to do the Tonight Show while I was working with John Lovitz. Mm-hmm. So I figured out what I wanted my five minutes to be, and John Lovitz two man show. So I would go out to a completely cold audience, and I would do that five minutes, and then do the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did every night. And then the next weekend, I went to um, a club in Rochester, Minnesota, Goonies. Have you been there? No. Uh, Great club. I really like it. But I would go out. Aaron Weber was featuring for me. He would do great. I would go out every every show, and I would do that five minutes, and that five minutes would destroy. Mm -hmm. And then I couldn't follow my five minutes. Mm -hmm. So for the next 45 minutes, (laughs) I'm basically bombing. Because I've just did this great five minutes that I can't follow. Right. But it crushed on the Tonight Show. Yeah. And that's great. because I, I mean, I prepared and I was, I was ready. Yeah. Um, and my next Tonight Show, I like too. I yeah. mean, uh, so I feel good. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's all about preparation mm-hmm. and it's all about getting the good advice. Now, I'm not going to trash the old manager who gave me that advice. I don't think that advice is so bad. Right. I've heard that advice before. Yeah. If you're doing the Tonight Show. Yeah. Uh, but the way Jimmy Kimmel was set up was, I do think that I could have been, um, maybe he could have done a little research to better prepare me for that. Because mm. my management that I have now, uh, again, not trashing anybody, but my new management, I mean, they're on it. My 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 old manager, or my new manager, she listened to a podcast I was doing mm-hmm. where I talked about how much I like David Spade. Yeah. And she goes, oh, I didn't know you liked David Spade so much. I'll get you on his show. Wow. And now I've done his show twice. That's incredible. And David Spade wears my hat all the time. Oh, I know. Well, Judy, if you're listening, I love Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Judy's great. And um, I I have a, uh, you know, and I never really talk about uh, management and uh, agents and stuff because I don't, I don't know how to talk about it, really. I don't know what I can say. I don't, you know, but yeah. I got a good team, and they really seem to care about getting me things, and I love it. I mean, 2019 was great. In 2020, my, my calendar's already full, and I know how hard it is to get gigs, mm-hmm. so the fact that they've gotten me all these gigs mm-hmm. is amazing, and I got some great things on the horizon. I got a cartoon that I've been talking about for a while. Oh, wow. Um, I've been talking about it a little bit here and there for a while, but it's really starting to shape up. They're drawing some characters. They've been sending me the characters. I'll show them to you after. It's very fun. Of you? Yeah. It's a cartoon that we're working on for, you know, about my childhood. Yeah. And, uh, but is it adult dusty now? No, no. It's going to be me as a kid. Okay. Uh, but then I got other family members. Now all the family members have, are changed. I mean, they're not exactly like yeah. my family, uh, I'm getting into more of the character aspect of it, and uh, it's fun. There's, I got one of, I got both my brother-in-laws on there, but one of my brother-in-laws, uh, I kind of want him to be. My idea for him is to be me as the pesticide salesman. If I never quit doing that and did comedy, right? You know, who would I be? Yeah, that's funny. So, um. I feel like there's always so many things I want to talk about until I, I get on the podcast. And then I'm like, uh, what are some, uh, we talked about uh, 2019. What are some of your hopes for 2020? Well, I write down some goals. I don't know if you do that or not, but some things I like to try to get done. And do you do that? I like small term goals. 
but I I never been I don't really like goals because I feel like that you know if I'm if I'm saying this is what I want to do yeah. but then my path is being directed in a different way right, right. maybe that's maybe me clinging to the goal that I'm wanting to do mm-hmm. it's keeping me from achieving something else yeah but small goals I think are important I think it's important to have something that says well, I'm sorry I asked you kind of shut down my no concept. no no I think a small goal short term it's important to have like, well here's some here's some things uh, try to get done hopefully first half 2020 new website okay a website's a few years old working on that now what um, kind of website are you trying to just do updating it uh, just a Wix Squarespace yeah, Wix I have Wix I like it all right I have bands in town that I use to update my calendar uh-huh and I got a problem with them right now. But other than that, uh, just the way it looks on mobile. But I love it anyway. Well, I, I have a problem with my calendar, so that shouldn't be an issue. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have a problem filling it, so I don't think Bands in Town will be my problem. Uh, I think I'll be my problem with, with my calendar. Um, a new headshot. How often do you get a new headshot? I hate uh, when people take professional photos of me. Okay. Because I, 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 you know, I don't fa- feel like I'm an unattractive person, but I have never, I never look at a picture of me and go, that's the one. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I never like, ooh, that's good. Right. I almost prefer pictures where my eyes are closed because it just looks funny. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you answered my question, but do you do a headshot? Do you uh, have a headshot? Yeah, I got I got some this year. So I get now that I have management that wants to take care of me. I've gotten I got two different sets last yeah. year. I uh, I went full time comedy five years ago. Five years ago this month. All right, congratulations. Thank you. Anniversary. That's not the anniversary tune, but I had to hit something. All right, <laughs> we needed something. <laughs> got a lot of buttons there. I'll get something. Five years ago, I went full-time, and I got a new headshot then, and I've lost a lot of hair since then, so I think it's time to update the old headshot. And, and what kind of thing are you going to do, like a uh, just ne- above, you know, shoulders and above Probably. of you smiling, looking at the... I went to, uh, last time I went to Nora Canfield, you know her? Yeah, I got set, making that Fudge album That's done right. by Nora Canfield. That's right, yeah. she does those lollipop shots, but she also will do just regular whatever that's called yeah headshots and and i'll probably do something similar this time just kind of update it every five years or so i think it might be you know might yeah be time. i think so i hate a headshot i was really into the lollipop photos that nora did for for a while i have three of them mm-hmm. i have making that fudge and then i have the picture of me holding gas pouring it into a a drink mm-hmm. and then i have the one of me waving with yeah, the hat the waving i can see in my head yeah i can see all those yeah and I love them, but I, I feel like that uh, – I almost feel like I'm done with them now. I right. did too many. But Nora's great. Yeah. So there's a couple, and then just, you know, some personal comedy goals, just as far as the number of bookings and things like that. I mean, I won't get too specific on this. Uh, I'm just trying to think of anything else specific I could share. You know what? This is my goal. I don't know that I've written this down. I like those goals. I think those goals are great. I don't because I, I think people who have like a five year plan or mm-hmm. something like that that's too much. Mm-hmm. But I, I sh- those are all good goals. I think my goal is to, I would say, be doing a se- be doing a comedy set with no jokes, 
off any album that I've done. That's a good one. Because I got a couple jokes that I'm really hanging on to. Like, I love to do the Hyman's joke. Yeah. I love to do the melted ice cream joke. Right. I love doing the joke about laying down in the ditch. And I'm hanging on to them right. like like it's a life raft. And I have I don't have to do them. I have enough jokes where I don't have to do them. Well, that's a good point. I um, And again, to say a new website and a new headshot, those almost don't even seem like goals. Just do it. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> it's almost like I just need to write myself a reminder. But I have a goal that I set for, for the last few years to have 30 minutes of new material by the end of the year. Okay. And I keep up with my old uh, set list and such uh, to kind of see what I've been doing. And I usually can hit that. I mean, I'm not a headliner. There's no reason that I should be having to crank out a new hour every year. Not that any even headliners really shouldn't be doing that. I don't think that, yeah. I think that you can't get the joke the way you want it to so fast every year. I agree. Maybe every two years you should have a new hour. Yeah. But for me... I mostly feature – If I, I set a goal to get 30 minutes of, of new material every year. That's a good goal, and I usually hit it or come close to hitting it. Yeah. And I retire some jokes like um, the Uber joke, me driving for Uber. I'm not saying I won't ever do that again, but I haven't driven for Uber now in over a year. And I've been doing that joke for two or three years. So I'm going to – I think starting 2020, starting tonight – yeah. Retire that joke. All right. I like that. I'll bring it out if I have to. But Well, part of my problem, right, with some jokes is I'm keep doing this good money joke. Now yeah. I enjoy the good money joke. Yeah. But part of the reason I keep doing it is because in the joke I have the wolf t shirt joke. Right. And I have the NASCAR t shirt joke. Uh and I sell a wolf t shirt and a NASCAR t-shirt, and I don't feel, I feel like those shirts are fine to stand on their own. Mm-hmm. But they have more of a punch mm-hmm. if if I've done that joke. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you don't know why I'm holding this. Mm-hmm. So I got my goal, because I love that those merch. Uh, I know that Judy wants me to get some different merch, so that may happen. Yeah. I don't, I don't think she wants me to get different, like she doesn't like what I have, but she's trying to help me get new merch. She wants to help me get some new designs. So and maybe I need designs that are not joke specific. Mm-hmm. My NASCAR shirt, though, I love it. Anyway, um, but I, I think that a joke has to marinate, almost like a wine or a lick. Like it needs to set, and it's like. But this is part of my problem: is I'll write these things down and I'll try it one time, and if it doesn't work, I'll go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it to the side. I'm gonna mm-hmm. work. I'm gonna put it, and then I don't work on it. Mm-hmm. Like this, I'm busy joke that I've been doing. Mm-hmm. I've been wanting, I mean, that happened to me at a club in Fort Wayne, Indiana called Snickers. Mm -hmm. And I probably was there in 2015 or 2016. Mm. That happened to me. And I thought, I'm going to tell it. And I told it one night, it got no laughs. Mm -hmm. And I said, all right, that that's, there's something there. Mm -hmm. I just don't know what it is yet. Mm -hmm. And it's 2020. Mm -hmm. It was 2019 before I got it, got laughs out of it. Mm -hmm. But now I'm doing it. Yeah, and then this joke where I, where I thought a lady at the auto parts store told me that her roommate sells crack. Right, um, that happened to me over almost two years ago. No, no, a year ago, and there's no reason why I haven't been telling that joke. Right, but I let 
I let I get so caught up in I want to crush, crush, crush right. that I'm afraid to try out a joke. Yeah. But now, um, so I want to you know challenge myself to be trying them, be saying them. I have I get to to where I'm like I have too many jokes where I'm like this, the other day this happened. You know I got a, a, several elevator stories. Mm-hmm. I got a story about this happened to me. I got into an elevator in Orlando, Florida. And I had all my arms were full because I couldn't find the cart. And I had a million things to take to my room because, you know, I carry I'll be carrying an Instapot and a hot plate. And so I have all these things. And I tell a guy in the elevator, he had already pushed seven. I said, will you push 13? He pushed 12 and 14. And so I set down all the things and I push 13. And then I pick all the things back up. And then he had already pushed seven. The elevator opens at seven. And he doesn't get out. It closes, and then it opens at 12. He gets out. I'm like, what's going on here? Well, I was, I've heard you tell this joke on stage. I think you told it the other night at Zany's. And I am. I was about to ask you now, what is going on here? So I have a few questions about this joke, and maybe the audience does too. I don't think I realized he didn't get off at 7. Did he say anything? He said nothing. Now, part of the problem, and maybe, you know, and maybe this is, it was a language barrier. I mean, he, okay. he, he was a Hispanic guy. I mean, we didn't talk at all. So I don't know if he was, you know, American born Hispanic or, and this was Florida. You know, Florida's got a, is a real melting pot of people. So I don't know um, if maybe he just didn't understand me. And you didn't say anything after that, like, hey, I asked. No, I was pretty irritated with the guy. I can get irritated with people from any country, and uh, and uh, I mean that seems like he's just messing with you to ask for thirteen, which most elevators don't even have a thirteenth floor. Did you know that? I I had heard that, yeah. Which when so when you told the other night, I thought, okay, the joke is there is no thirteenth floor, but apparently that's not even. No, there was a thirteenth floor. Maybe I should change it so that that's not the. So at least people aren't even thinking about that. Yeah. But he pushed 12 and 14. I just he, don't get it. I don't get it either. And that's that's the problem. That's the kind of thing I need to fix with the joke. Yeah. But, all right. Well, I've got I've got an hour 10 here. Okay. I don't know what your – did you stop your timer? Uh, no. Let's see what I got. I got an hour 10. Perfect. I think that's a great time to wrap up. Is there anything else you'd like to say? No. Um. Thanks for having me on the podcast, and here's to a great 2020. I feel like this was a jam-packed podcast full of hot information hmm. and commentary and laughs, and we had a good time. Oh, I have a question. Okay. Real quick, new music or any music you're listening to. Oh, you know what? Let me play something. This is um, this has become one of my newest favorite songs. Uh, it's called The Trouble with Drinking by Aaron Lee Tajan. Now, I don't know how to say his last name. It's okay. T-A-S-J-A-N. And I follow him now on Twitter, and apparently he lives in East Nashville here, which, wow. I, which I guess it shouldn't be so strange that a country singer lives in Nashville. Yeah. But uh, he doesn't seem to be hugely popular, mm-hmm. but I love this song. I'm going to play a little bit of it here. Okay, okay. The trouble with drinking is it ain't no trouble at all I don't have no problem when it comes to alcohol 
It's as easy to come by as the air that I breathe Unless I'm low on money or too high on the weed I mean, I think that song is really great. How did you learn about it? I, I think just it popped up on Spotify. It's great. The worst thing about people playing songs is I never know what to do. Do I look at the person? Do we just look down? Oh, yeah. Well, it's very well, awkward. Well, that's true. What? And then I want to do one more uh, because this guy, I'm actually, I think I worked with him one night at the Opry. Uh, but it was just one of those things where it's like, uh, did we work together or did we just get connected somehow other way? Mm-hmm. But this guy's name's Jared Morris, and we've become friends um, on the internet, Okay, right? He's like, next time you come to Texas, let me know. And he has an album called uh, West of East, um, and this is a song called Stampede. I'll play a little bit of this now. Oh, that one's still going. All right, here we go. Big fan of that. All right. Uh, did you have one that you wanted to? Well, <clears throat> I've been listening to some old country. Nothing new like what you have. And I just, this is an old song, but I just became familiar with it. And then I texted you about it. And you gave me some more info. The Blues Man. Oh, yeah. Now, there are two versions. There's more than two, but uh, the two that are most popular. The first one I learned about was Hank Williams Jr. Is that the first one or you? you, Alan Jackson was the first one? I guess I don't know for sure. I thought Hank Williams Jr. was first, and then... Oh, he was first, for sure, but I thought... Oh, which one did I hear first? Yeah. I heard Hank Williams Jr. first, and then you told me about Alan Jackson. Oh, okay. You told me that it was even better, or maybe even better, and then I found out that George Jones has a version where Dolly Parton sings on it. I personally think I like Alan Jackson the best. I uh, downloaded both of them. Even though I love Hank Williams Jr., like I never want to meet Hank Williams Jr. because I don't think he's a nice person, really? and I love the man's music. I love both versions, and I listen to him. Alan Jackson's is so smooth with the backup harmony and all that. I think maybe I'm still leaning toward Hank because for a couple reasons. One is it's a very s- sweet kind of romantic. You don't think of Hank Williams Jr in those terms, as a bluesy kind of guy. You think of him as a party guy, right? Well, I think that's, well, I think the average person, yes. Now, I know Hank Williams Jr.'s catalog pretty well. Yeah. So I definitely like his love songs more than the party stuff. 
Okay. But I think your average person, yes. All they know is, uh, uh, you know, Hank, why do right. you drink? Right. Yes. And then the other thing, because I've listened to both songs, they're slightly different. Uh, Hank is from first person. Right. And Alan's is from third person. And to me, it just kind of means more a little bit when you hear it. I did this and I did this and where Alan's talking about he did this. It's a small thing, but. Let's play a little bit of Hank Jr. Okay. I'm just a singer, a natural born guitar ringer. Kind of a clinger to sad old songs. I'm not a walk behind. I'm a new note finder, but my name's a reminder of a blues man that's already. I started drinking Took things that messed up my thinking I was sure sinking When you came along I was alone in the hot lights Not too much left inside But she changed all that in one night When she sang me this song Hey baby, I love you Hey baby, I need you Hey baby, you ain't got to prove to me You're some kind of macho Wasted so much of your life Running through the dark nights I could, I, I, could, I could do a whole podcast about how much I love Hank Williams Jr. Oh man, that's a great song. I mean, it's so good. Let's just play just a touch of Alan Jackson. Sure. Running through the dark nights let me shine a little love light Down on that blues man Also very good. Yep. That's the first one I heard. Um, and um, wow, so good. And yeah. I, I, I listened to the George Jones one the other day based on your recommendation. Yeah. Very good because uh, for people who don't know much about George Jones. I mean, what a great singer, but I think the man was just riddled with alcoholism yeah. and just was I think a nightmare in in some ways to people because he, you know, he just he couldn't I mean, well, there's a line in that song that says I got sued over no-shows and which that's that is George Jones. Right. No-show, they call me No-show Jones. Yeah, so it's almost like it was written for him. And it's a great version too. I love them all. I think Hanks is my favorite, though. I mean, all right. 
I mean, this is, I could just play, I want to, I want to find, there's one George Jones song that, well, uh, I mean, there, oh, 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 this is, this is not the one, but now this is coming to mind. This is, this is the perfect George Jones song, I think. You'll know it. You'll know it, I think. Not yet. I've had choices. Oh, yeah. This is one of his later ones. Since the day that I was born, there were voices that told me right from wrong if I had listened. No, I wouldn't be here today Living and dying With the choices I've made That's so good. That song is so good. I mean, but what makes, I mean, what makes me like that song is I've done a lot of stupid stuff. Yeah. And I just think about that, that, that living and dying with the choices I've made. It's like, I mean, part of the jokes that I have now are just the experiences that I've lived. Mm-hmm. And had I not done those things, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have any of these experiences. Right. And as stupid as they may be, uh, here I am, living and dying with the choices I've made. And uh, he says, uh, uh, he said, uh, I was tempted from an early age I found I like drinking. Oh, and I never turned it down, right? And it's like, I mean, I remember listening to this song while drinking and being like, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) thought it was a party song. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) I love this party song, George Jones. Exactly. All right, well, this is great. I feel like this is very fun. Good. All right, but I got to pee, and uh, let's wrap it up. Uh, We've had a great time. Thank you, Brian Bates. Thanks for having me. Uh, And uh, we're having a good time.